and welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly Doof Network dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot D. Bold. And I'm so happy to be back to talk more about Twisted Pear. Um, I almost forgot <laughs> the name of this movie for a second and just called it Neil Breen. Uh, because that's basically <laughs> what this episode is going to be. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, it's it it's hard to talk about a specific one of his movies because I don't know what any of them have been about. Um <laughs> And so now, just just before we jump in, because we're going to start with a plot summary, as is yep. tradition. Yeah. Um, and I was very upset to see that in our notes you'd actually written a plot summary. I had to. I had to pre-write well, it. So that's the thing. Usually we just wing them. And I was very excited to have, like, dumped this onto you, this, this like, this impossible task of, of writing a plot summary for this movie. So at first I was very upset to see that you'd pre-written one, yeah. but then I read it and I actually have massive disagreements that this is what the movie was about. So okay, I'm actually what? very excited for this because um, <sighs> I think this proves, this is just perfect for this movie because we're going to have to have a discussion about this plot that you've summarized. Cause I don't think that's the movie I watched. Okay. Okay. So here's the plot of this movie. There's a pair of twins, a twisted pair, shall we say, um, should we? <laughs> yeah, true. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, I see. Okay. Okay. I'm off the rails already, but fuck it. Um, I, I've kind of realized they are a twisted pair, not twisted that they're like, you know, like really twisted, although they kind of are. They, the older, the, the, oh, I, the older one, I don't know why I call him that. The bearded one. He's like, <laughs> does some evil stuff, but I think it's twisted in that they're like twisted by aliens into other things. Like, they're not twisted, like, sick and twisted. They've, like, been twisted into something other than what they are. See, okay, so I don't, I don't think it was aliens that gave them no, the magic no, powers. No, it definitely was aliens. It, they, it's explained... Okay, so before the actual proper movie starts, we get a narration where one of the twins, the non-bearded one, and I can't remember their names. Their names are Kale and Cade, but I don't know which one's which. Um, Kale is the is the um the non bearded one. Okay, the, so the, Kale's I, the I want to say one. the good one. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, good in a very arbitrary sense. Um, <laughs> so Kale and Cade, a pair of twins, get abducted by aliens and like DNA magicked into having magical powers, and then they kind of become like intergalactic secret police, and then one of them dies on a mission. And then Kale kind of leaves the alien secret police and comes back to Earth. And this is okay, all so, so, in the first, no, like, 30 I, I, seconds. Yeah, so I, I want to stop you there, because I, so I have two issues with what you said. First mm-hmm. of all, I don't think it was aliens. I think it was interdim- interdimensional beings. And so maybe, okay. maybe I'm being semantic. Yeah, I feel like, like that's semantics. <laughs> uh, but it's not space aliens. I think this is all still mostly happening on Earth, wasn't it? Well, they definitely... The story... Well, okay. So... You may think the story takes place on Earth, but there's one clue that hints that it doesn't, which is that in one of the shots, there are two moons, and it's never explained. (laughs) So that indicates to me that this actually doesn't take place on Earth, but everyone, but it kind of looks like Earth. Um, So yeah. But then, but then there's shots of the moon multiple times later, and there's only one of them, Ruben. Yes. What does that mean? Well, that's because at that point, one of the moons had set, Elliot, of course. It was just like, there are two mm. moons or maybe even more on this planet, but they're not always next to each other the whole time. That would be ridiculous. There's just sometimes two moons in one of these shots and sometimes one moon. 
Um, that actually makes a whole lot of sense, and I have absolutely zero confidence that Neil Brain has thought of that <laughs> no, explanation. No, what actually happened probably was Neil composited two shots and accidentally he left the moon in both of them <laughs> one time by mistake. Or alternatively, uh, he wanted there to be two moons, but only remembered to do it for one shot and fucked it up for the others. I don't know. Yeah. They're equally uh, but, likely. But, but anyway, so the other thing I wanted to bring up from your plot summary, even though I assume Look, none of our yeah, listeners are following This is the first 30 seconds before the movie even starts. <laughs> I'm assuming we've already lost everyone, but you mentioned that one of the two brothers died. Yes. I don't think he did. I think he, (sighs) he had his powers taken away from him and then his brother says he never saw him again. That's right. That's right. Sorry. You're right. Uh, This look, we watched this movie like a week ago and we obviously were drinking at the time and also quite exhausted from the trip we've just been on. So I feel like, and I like that level of delirium is the right state to watch a Neil Breen movie in, but. I think yeah. that means that some of these things are going to be slightly wrong, and that's mm. okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I think regardless of when we watched it, some of these things were slightly yeah, true. wrong. It, it is, have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this is just kind of either, like, stolen from someone else's plot summary where they've kind of guessed what happened, or I've just kind of, like, you get, like, 40% of the picture, and you kind of just have to guess what the rest <laughs> is based on, you know, what you know of Neil Breen and the kind of thing he would want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so, okay, so that's the opening narration. <laughs> now, we get into the actual story. So, uh, Kale, uh, the goody one, is back on Earth, or was always on Earth, and he lives there, and he's kind of like a secret agent right now. Like, he, he goes on, he seems to go on missions given to him by a kind of M-style figure, uh, from, you know, M, M James Bond, Judy Dench-style figure, who kind of tells yeah. him hey, you got to go deal with these terrorists, and then he does that. Or, hey, you got to go to this <laughs> abandoned building where there's these soldiers walking around that obviously stuck stock footage and, like, help them, you know, clear this building. And it's a lot of stock footage and a lot of, like, gifs of explosions playing over stock footage. Um, <laughs> and, but between that, we can kind of figure out that he's a secret agent, right? Um, yeah, it, so in fact, I actually thought this lady worked for the group who gave him his magical powers. Maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe do we disagree on maybe, that? I mean, or, I don't Are we know. unsure? <laughs> Everything in this movie is so arbitrary that it could be either. Um, and look, we've talked about this for enough time that I'm just going to say, like, go watch this movie because <laughs> the level of deliriousness that we already have gotten into with this podcast, it's just more entertaining to get into it, to get into that state yourself. Um, yeah, absolutely. it's a movie where I don't think you go 30 seconds without being confused, <laughs> which is a weird emotion for a movie that is, you know, uh, meant to be a kind of a, I kind of get the sense it's meant to be a bit of a like Marvel movie-esque, slightly sci-fi action-y thriller, right? Um, I, I think what's interesting here is, because we touched on this, with um with these so bad it's good movies, there's... Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to not just sort of go go super negative, and I don't quite want to do that here because I, I do genuinely love these Neil Brain films. Yes, but um, yes, he he has gone for I think definitely something that this movie is meant to do is have mind bending twists. It's meant to be a, a mind fuck. I just think it's a mind fuck of completely different <laughs> right. kind than what Neil was yeah. probably going for. Yeah, interesting. No, that's right because there are a few twists in this movie. There are a few twists um, that were genuinely surprising. <laughs> and both seem to revolve well the two that i can think of off the top of my head revolved around kale's wife but we'll get to that in a sec um no yeah i agree like i 
I I don't think that I ironically love these movies. Like, uh, maybe it is irony. I don't know. But it's like, it is such an enjoyable experience. And it, uh, it it's impossible for me to think that Neil Breen doesn't at least have some level of self-awareness about this. Because he's not, he's not like Tommy Wiseau where he seems delusional. He's, hmm. he does interviews and people say, hey, what does this mean? And he says, oh, I'll leave that for you to interpret. You know, he, he does these things where it's like, I think he sets out to make a good movie, but kind of knows that people don't think that they're good movies. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Well, I think, I think like, th- these movies are just so unique. Like, I think that's yeah. what separates my enjoyment of them from, say, just, yeah, like, like, you know, I think Tommy Wiseau stands as one of the pinnacles of classic So Bad It's Good cinema, where you're just laughing at how terribly everything is done yeah. in the film. Whereas, like, Neil Breton, there's a lot of stuff that's maybe maybe questionable, but that usually has more to do with, with budget than... Um, yeah than anything else and, yeah. and and usually i'm just sat, i'm just sitting there like just marveling at the absolute uniqueness of these films and yeah. the wavelength that they're operating on yeah he doesn't set out to make a traditional movie right he doesn't set out to make no. something not he he definitely just he shoots for the moon you know and mm. it's you you're kind of there with him like i would love to see neil breen be a successful filmmaker uh, it's just he's an incredible He's an incredible uh, author. Um, anyway. Yeah, like, imagine uh, imagine if somebody gave Neil Breen, like, a, a $100 million budget Hollywood film, mm-hmm. like, but cr- complete creative control over what that money was used for. Yeah. I, I, I would see that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Who knows what it would be? I, I'm, I, I, I can't even envisage <laughs> it. <laughs> um, my imagination is failing. Uh, okay, so let's, 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 let's continue through this plot um but oh yes, yeah, sorry I please go watch finished. it if you haven't watched it so basically turns out uh Cade is still alive and on earth of course because or earth question mark um he's there and true to uh, neil breen form he is basically exacting his own kind of vigilante justice where he abducts you know evil bankers and ceos and stuff and tortures them which is a very neil breen thing for him to do it's something that neil breen loves to do in all of his movies is uh, blame all of the world's problems on CEOs and bankers, which he, I mean, you know, not unfairly, yeah. I think, but very hilariously. Well, I, I do think uh, from the movies I've seen at least, and I'm still unsure how many of the five movies I've seen now, it's at least three or four, but uh, this might represent pro- possibly the first grey character in a Neil Breen film that I can remember. Mm. It's, it's usually very, people are either very good or very bad. Yes, um, it, I mean, and, in Neil's in Neil's eyes, right, uh, his characters yeah. will do things like blow up the, the uh, Senate building, but that's good, that's presented as, oh, he's doing a good thing because these are all bankers that say things like, ah, I'm so happy we've uh, tortured the environment and made a lot of money off of it, which is mm. something that a human being would never say, but <laughs> this is um, a Neil Breen staple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas I think Cade is, is the first instance I can remember of uh, a character who is presented as an anti-hero, who is sort yeah. of on the, like, like doing bad things for the right reasons, I guess. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and it's interesting how, how he's treated in the film, uh, given that sort of unique position he has in the films that i've seen yeah uh kale is obviously a lot closer to a traditional brain protagonist where it's neil brain basically playing a deity like character that seems to basically be uh not omniscient but omnipotent for sure um 
yeah, a, a god, uh, some sort of god or something. He, yeah. he's, us- he's his sort of baseline um, character. Yeah, yeah, but it is interesting that he's playing another character here who is mortal. Um, although I think he, he kind of steps a bit outside of his comfort zone with this character because the the more traditional Neil Breen plot of a godlike character stopping a terrorist plot kind of dominates the second half of this movie and you kind of lose touch with <laughs> what actually Cade is up to. Um, he just kind of slips away and you kind of forget about him. Yep, yeah, that's true. Um, it, you know, you this is a this is an action film and 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 Cade's got to make way for a part of it for the uh the action sequence yeah so eventually you know Cade and Kale meet up and and interact a bit i guess <laughs> and then Kale has to go stop some terrorists and we kind of focus on that until the movie closes out and then Kale kind of thinks ah and i never did now i wonder if i'll ever see Cade again and we d- it's kind of weird because we don't really resolve the the actual twisted pair elements of the movie it just kind of becomes a different movie well yeah and then of course at the end of the movie there's a like kale will return yes kale thing. of chair yes so One it's favorite um, it, character it's it's heavily implied that uh neil breen's setting this up to be a, a series uh which I'm, I'm very ready for yep. um not just a series i kind of get the sense it's a cinematic universe that is being built here <laughs> um really i i really do get this strong sense of this is Neil Breen trying to do a, like, this is the first, you know, this is the, the first Avenger stump, right? Um, or maybe cross that with a bit of a Loki, uh, sorry, a Thor, where Kale is Thor, Cade is Loki, kind of a anti-hero in, in the original movie, but will turn into a villain later, something like that. I can definitely, I definitely back the idea that this is his interpretation or his version of a Marvel-esque film. Yes. Um, the thing I, I the thing I, I'm really excited for is he'll have to introduce more characters, which means in the eventual Avengers style crossover movie, he's going to be playing like eight characters, which <laughs> I will be so there for. Yes, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. That that sold me on the place. <laughs> it's all going to be so. facial hair telling them apart. Um, yeah. So let's just quickly, you know, I, I, that's essentially wraps up the plot as yeah. far as I can remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair. So I want to talk about like a, a few just sort of a, a little choices. I mean, the, what are we meant to make of the, so the bad, the baddie terrorist that Kale is yeah. fighting for the second half of this film, uh, whose name I have forgot. I think it's Coos is his name. Yeah. But it's spelled with two Z's and an X. Yeah. Um, which is sure. And it, is this baddie? Okay. Is this baddie an alien? Here's the question. Is this baddie an alien or some I'm, kind of I'm 90% being? sure he is because he speaks with the same effect as a Goa'uld from Stargate. I yes. actually think um, this might be set in the Stargate universe. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Neil Breen, Neil Breen is an ascended ancient. You heard it here first. Yep. No, I can see that. Or at least he was experimented on by the ancients. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so Kuz speaks with a modulated voice. His, his voice is modulated to be dipped down by like two octaves or so. Um and he also constantly has a bowl of diamonds that he is forever stroking in every shot that he appears in, uh, that he carries around with him in a kind of like halfway between a bowl and a chalice, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much spot on. I have nothing to add for this because I don't understand it at all. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and there's a few bits about this that, well, this is the thing with every Neil Breen movie, I guess. It's just... Uh, I, I guess it's 
what is his version of world building where you you get these things that aren't fully explained and in another story or in another movie you'd be like oh that's a cool element of the world that we don't need to have fully explained but it's a thing that exists and it's maybe something that we'll get dived into in the wider cinematic universe right um Mm. but in a breen movie it's just confusing he hasn't managed to he hasn't managed to quite land it you know yeah, you do. I think I, I struggle to discern the difference between the things that are just meant to be temporary little bits of extra world building and the world building that actually matters. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's a few things like that, right? Um, there's like a I mean, thi- I, let's touch on like there's a at one point this bad guy Kuz has like a, a half naked fairy girl with him who s- sparkles as if she's magical. Yeah, um, and she's in she's in sort of one and a half scenes, and then we never see her again. She's she's never explained. I, she's I wearing don't, fairy I'm... wings, and I would just kind of assume that it's just a girl wearing fairy wings. Except there's one point where she does seem to. It's open to interpretation because the effects aren't great because it's a low budget, but she does seem to teleport, which indicates that she is some kind of magical servant to him. Um, even though she's just wearing like you know Halloween store uh, fairy wings. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, so, I, I, I don't know, I think, yeah, I, it, that was just one of those things where she, she's never really explained, and I guess, you know, it's just, she's there, and then there's the teleport thing, you're right, and then she's no longer around, and mm-hmm. so it's just like, I, is, is she like a fairy in Ocarina of Time, and he sort of used her up? Yeah, there's also a part where she, like, does a kind of magic spell on a, what I think is a frame that then kind of turns it into a mirror, I'm not fully remembering this, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he goes... It, uh, Kale goes to this terrorist to kind of meet with him about this super weapon that he's developing, and this fairy girl kind of opens this painting or like frame, and and it's like where they're storing the super weapon so that Kale can get a look at it. It's look, it's hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, I, I I vaguely know what you're talking about, but yeah, um... cool. Let's let's move on. Another one <laughs> is um, Kuz seems to have three cat statues that are on his table that just move by themselves sometimes. (laughs) Like, and this was my favorite shots in the movie because it is genuinely the only time an effect has really worked for me. Um, It's either a magnet under the table that rotates them or just stop motion of turning them. Um, And they just kind of turn on their own sometimes. And it's not relevant to anything. doesn't seem to be brought up. No character ever draws attention to it. Just sometimes they turn. And it's very intentional because you get a shot of just the three cat statues and then one of them will turn. And it's just there. And it uh, I don't know what it's about. But again, this is a Neil Breen staple. Things just stop motion animating to turn and never really being addressed. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, you're right. It's just... It's it's never it's never actually explained. That's probably something for the sequel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. I do want to I, talk about one thing. Can I... I just want to say, though... Wait, wait. But while, we, while we're on the topic of these cat statues... You say that this is something for the sequel, and I like that because this these kind of confusing things happen in every Neil Breen movie, but the fact that we know that he's planning to build out a sequel means that we can kind of be a bit more charitable and say, this is a seed that he's laying for later, not just, <laughs> this is a random thing that's never going to be explained, which is what it is for all his other movies. Well, I mean, I'm just so excited to see what a Neil Breen sequel might look like because we've never seen him do a, a sequel. Yeah, we've seen yeah. him make movies that are very similar to previous yeah. movies that I he's mean, made. All his movies are basically sequels to each other, anyway. Um, 
but we've never seen one that's intended to be a sequel and to carry on a previous story and, and um like the flow yeah. of the stories in his movies is so unique I'm, I'm so fascinated to see how that uniqueness carries through into the, the his concept of a follow-up story yeah definitely um so I briefly want to talk about the acting in this film because I actually think this is far and away probably some of the best acting in a Neil Breen film. And I mean, it's not, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have the budget to get, you know, the, the best actors around or anything, but, um, like the, uh, Alana, the, the, the way, or the character who's, uh, Kale's wife, yep. whose, whose name is only brought up in about the 80th minute of the, of the film <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. Um, she was probably the most comfortable looking woman playing one of Neil Brandon's characters, uh, significant other that we've seen so far. Yes. And I, and this is why I quite like the idea of Neil Brandon getting more and more success is because I think this is, it seems like his biggest budget film so far. Um, it's actually shot on locations that aren't just houses, which most of his other films were. Um, and you know, he seems to have got some higher caliber, uh, actors and actresses, which indicates to me like, and and I think this movie is better for it. And I think it's it's it 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 the experience of watching this movie is better for it, even though it's not as like so bad. It's good, right? Um, and and it it makes me excited for Neil Breen to take off more and more because we will see what it actually looks like. I I think the most exciting thing is for him to execute more accurately on his vision, and I can't wait to see more of that. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, talking about like. Talking about just sort of low fodder for so bad as good movies, like poor acting is is a classic example of that, and it's going to be much more interesting to be able to view Neil Breen's visions uh, when he's surrounded himself with actual actors who are delivering on wh- what he's after. Although, or yeah. it, we may actually find out that he, this is exactly what he's been wanting out of the actors the whole time, and and we yeah. just you know weren't getting it. Yeah. Um... Uh, it, if you're one who does like bad acting, uh, not to fear, because I suspect Neil Breen will continue to put himself as the lead <laughs> in every film that he does. Um, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, no, well, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really believe that bit I just said about uh, the him getting out of the other <laughs> actors exactly what he wants because no, I don't, I, I don't fully believe that um, anyone will be able to completely deliver on what Neil Breen is picturing. Yes, and I think, I kind of suspect that uh, as long as he's directing and acting in his films, there's always going to be a gap just because he can't, I think he just can't direct the actors effectively enough while he's he's acting in the scenes. I think he just doesn't have the kind of experience to know how to do that, and I think that is what kind of makes it (laughs) so enjoyable as it is. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, so there's a lot of weird things in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of the staples of uh, Breen films. There's things like he just doesn't seem to understand technical topics, but he loves to talk about them. Um, artificial intelligence comes up a fair amount in this, even though there isn't really any artificial intelligence in this movie. Um, well, no, it, it's implied that Kale and Cade were turned into artificial intelligence. Yes, although um, they by are By having seemingly... their DNA altered. Yeah. So... Yeah. Basically, you know, natural intelligence was taken and augmented through natural means and it became artificial intelligence. Yes, and this is kind of implied to us through a series of uh, stock footage slash GIFs that is played over the course of this opening narration. Um, Neil also uses the word humanoid a lot to mean something similar to an android when that isn't 
what it means. Um, he also talks about programmable virtual reality uh, as a like super new innovation that is going to change the world and is, I think, one of the cruxes of the kind of terrorist plot. Which again yes, is which kind of hilarious. I was never, I was never fully, uh, I never fully understood exactly what programmable virtual reality is. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a, um, oh, I've forgotten the term for it, but you know, wait, wait, what kind of virtual reality isn't programmable? Yeah. So, Elliot, uh, as someone who, you know, listeners may not know this, but your job is to program virtual reality. <laughs> um, yes, I am. I am one of the terrorists from yeah. this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, is is it? Do you think programmable virtual reality is going to cause the singularity that ends up? Uh, destroying humanity i mean well not if we have this humanoid technology that neil brain is talking about no that's true that's true yeah i think the one thing that can stand up to virtual reality is humanoids so thank god for that yeah exactly there's a few things in here that are very intentional by brain that i want to talk about and and there's no better example of this than the first thing that was a genuine twist to me in the movie which was neil brain bumps into a sorry kale Bumps into a woman in what is meant to be a dingy alleyway with a, a, a homeless person and some fake rats on the ground. Um, and they have this uh, thing of her, she drops a bunch of papers and, and Kale kind of bends down to help her pick them up and then says things like, oh, I'm so sorry, please let me make it up to you by taking you to dinner. She's like, no way, leave me alone, you creep. Um, he tries to get her to meet him back in this alley at 8pm and she very clearly isn't going to do that. And so when she fails to show up later, he stalks her back to her home and breaks in and uh, tries to uh, sexually assault her. Uh, But then at some point it becomes obvious that this is just an elaborate fantasy that they are acting out. And this is actually his wife. Um, And it's so uncomfortable and so surprising and so clearly intentional like this is something that obviously neil breen wrote to happen and i just i it's i don't understand at all it is uh, i mean it feels like a twist for a twist's sake is the only explanation i have because you're right it, it he sets up the character who we're meant to think is the hero makes you for a little while think that you know that they're, they're basically going to be a rapist yeah and then suddenly pivots back to oh no this is all just yeah elaborate foreplay and look i i would love to be able to say you know this this is all sort of defining the the grayness that we see in in cade um you know kale and cade are they that different they're just a twisted pair um yeah i I don't know if i feel like that's being too charitable It, it does just kind of feel like this scene exists to send us on an emotional ride which it definitely achieves yeah maybe i i i don't agree with this interpretation but it it could be said that like this is neil breen doing some kink shaming as like a see they're actually both twisted but that doesn't fit with the neil breen that i understand because he's quite a he seemingly seems to hold quite progressive values um quite yeah like all of his films all of his films are very pro climate change very anti like capitalist basically Yes, yes Um, pro-environmentalism, not a pro-climate change, I would say. Oh, sorry. But yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so I kind of don't, like, it's, I don't think it is, I think it is just a twist for twist's sake. I think it is us being like, the, the reaction that he wants us to have is, oh, maybe they're both a bit bad, what's going on? But then it's, he's not, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) Um, yeah. So that's weird. Uh, 
Later on, we find out the wife is actually secretly one of the terrorists and has been kind of with him for this whole time as a kind of sleeper agent deal, um, which again, a twist that I didn't expect. Um, nothing really. I mean, it actually it. made me. I I after this happened, I did sit there for a while and think, were we meant to think that maybe he got whammied somehow or? she got whammied somehow because the whole way it turns around when she is suddenly like oh you know we're husband and wife or whatever i was like is this has he whammied her but then he's the one who gets betrayed so that doesn't make sense yeah so i tried to connect those two dots in my head but i i don't think that goes anywhere yeah no it doesn't um she 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 kind of you know he he finds out that she's a villain and she pulls a gun on him and shoots him and he shoots her back but of course he is a god, so the bullet that she shoots him with seems to have no effect. We don't find out what has happened to it. It just kind of... It's as though he was never shot, um, but she was still shot and dies. <laughs> it's very confusing. Yep. Very confusing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a few twists in this one, and it makes me think this is his... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, it's hard to think what he's going for. I think it is a, a, a kind of uh, cross between... A, Thor and a, maybe a uh, a Winter Soldier movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I just don't know, Elliot. It's just a, <laughs> it's a good time. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else I might have to add. Um, we could talk about, you know, some of those things like there's a, there's a fake mustache that gets passed oh, around some of the actors mustache. at various points. It's so bad. Um, there's actually <laughs> some decent looking fake hair in, I mean, not great, but it's fine. But then there's this one moustache that is actually just, like, a few hairs sprinkled on a piece of tape. And it's so weird. I don't understand it. Yeah, it it, it definitely feels like it had to be some sort of last-minute addition because it's so far below the rest of the props. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the, the tape is very reflective and is usually more visible than the hairs. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of stands out. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, but like, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think we've sort of talked... We've talked about everything... I- we can. I mean, you know, if you still somehow have gotten this far through, um, what I assume is just a bit of a clusterfuck of an episode, <laughs> um, yeah, and and you haven't watched the movie, like, go go do it because I guarantee you that as incoherent as this episode has been, um, it, it's nothing compared to the experience that you're in for with a brain film. Yes, this. If you've never seen a Neil Breen movie before, I think this is his most um approachable one. Um, yeah. Because it does, at least for the first half, kind of have a plot. Like, it kind of follows a three-act <laughs> structure where you kind of think, okay, well, some stuff's going to happen, maybe they'll have to solve a crime together or something. Obviously, the third act goes, kind of gets lost uh, on the way, but, you know, you, it, it it eases you in, I think. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think at least it kind of feels like two disjointed plots. I would argue a lot of his other films have not even sort of felt like... Di- like yeah. they felt like twenty multiple just disjointed yeah, yeah, plots. True. He's 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 um, nailing the the concept of the AB structure. Yeah, so I, I think yeah, I think this is far and away his most coherent film. Um, not to say that it is a coherent film. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, uh, like I, I I think this is a great place to start. Yeah. Um. So of course, as format demands, I must give this a number out of ten, and it's yeah. a weird one. Um. But I think it gets a nine. Like. Honestly, it was just such a fun experience to watch. I don't... Yeah. I can't not give it a really high number because I, I really enjoyed it. I guess, I guess we should say, we, we had a group, like, it wasn't just me and Ruben yeah, watching this. There were there were three other people in the room, and yeah. I think... And we had a bit of alcohol. 
Um, and I think that's probably the ideal way to, to go about watching this Pro- yeah. probably the group more than the alcohol. I think this is just something that you need to experience with other people. Yes. Watch um, it at night, get a few friends together, let it, let yourself enjoy the ride. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's Twisted okay. Pear. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for Twisted Pear 2, which will presumably be about a twisted uh, set of triplets, and there'll be a secret third brother that they didn't know, and he'll always wear a cowboy hat, um, so you can tell them apart. <laughs> uh, get in touch, Neil Breen. I would love to write for your movies. <laughs> I, I'd give it even odds that that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if we touched on this, but both characters are Neil Breen, one with a beard, one without... It's hilarious, and he does a lot of like standard composition shots where the characters can't actually interact, but they're on different halves of the frame. <laughs> yeah, um, we didn't even touch on the him. We didn't even touch on him like jumping around the factory that explodes at the end, which is one of oh the yeah. Um, there's some cool like Spider Man esque shots that yeah. just uh, unfortunately Neil doesn't quite have the budget yet to. Yeah to realize as much as he'd no, like he i think he does all the effect himself and that means that they just aren't they just aren't there um but that's fine it's great it's still hilarious um so that's that <laughs> i'm gonna forget about this movie now um let's talk about what we're doing next fortnight uh because next fortnight elliot the episode is coming out on halloween Ooh, spooky i'm already spooked yeah uh yeah so i i mean i we, we've touched on this in I think it was the movie where we did it. Uh, sorry, the episode where we did It Follows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not usually a huge horror person. I, I think I talked about the loop I go through where I, I won't watch a horror film for like six to 12 months. And then I think I want to watch a horror film and I watch it and it absolutely scares the shit out of me. And I remember why I don't watch horror films. Um, it's been about six months since we did It Follows. So yep. I'm in the next stage of that loop and I'm ready to be hit with horror film for Halloween and uh, to remind me why I don't watch horror films. Yeah. So since you don't watch horror films for six months, but we usually do Halloween episodes, I kind of wanted to fix up the scheduling a bit. So I'll give you two horror films for Halloween each year. And then by next Halloween, you'll be precisely ready to watch another two. (laughs) Um, So that's the thought. Yeah. Uh, So the two, I, I, I kind of, I wanted to talk about Jordan Peele, and his films, um, and I couldn't pick between them, so I'm bringing you both of his his recent films. Uh, they're called Get Out, which won Best Original Screenplay uh, in 2017, and also yes. Us, which is also a good movie, but didn't win any Oscars, I don't think. Um, yeah, but I'm excited for this. These are both movies that I sort of have meant to see, but as I said, I don't, I don't get around to watching horror films, so I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, because I, I do really want to see both of these. Yes. Um, I think it's worth pointing out, these movies are very, very good, but they are also horror movies. And being very good horror movies, it means that they are scary. Um, I would say Us is scarier than Get Out, but it, both of them are scary movies. So if you're not into scary movies, give these ones a miss, that's totally fine. Um, I'm talking to the audience, not you, Elliot. <laughs> You have to watch them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have no That'd escape. make a very interesting episode next yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. I ended up just not watching them. So. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, uh, so I think the reason, like the, these kind of, uh, the, the, the kind of narrative around them was when they came out was, hey, these movies are revitalizing the horror genre, which I think is a bit of a shitty narrative, but they are two very, very good movies that, that reached kind of ma- uh, uh, mass kind of user and critical uh, appeal um, because they are very, very well-made movies. Um, and they also are both 
very much saying something. Um, I, I think almost certainly some of their messages went over my head as, as a white Australian where these movies are kind of made by and say things about the, the black African American experience. But, uh, even with that, these movies really sat with me for a week or two, um, not just because they were scary and I was spooked, but because there were things in them that I that I just wanted to explore in my head. You know, there 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 are themes in these movies that you just want to think about, that you just want to kind of puzzle your way through and think, now what is he saying with this? Oh, and it ties back into this thing from earlier on in the movie. All kinds of things like that, where these are movies that are so enjoyable to discuss after you've watched them. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's good, because I've definitely, yeah, I mean, obviously, you have horror movies that are basically just horror movies, and it sounds yeah. like that's not what this is, um, these, or, you know, these are films that um, are using horror to, to make a point, basically. Yeah, um, I'll kind of contrast it to a movie from, I think, 2018, maybe, uh, called Hereditary, which starred Tony Collette, was a horror movie about <laughs> uh, Tony Collette and her children. Did you watch this movie in the end, Elliot? we saw it together actually that was oh, uh, that we? was when you were up in armadale oh um, cool um, for heathers i think so that was that must have been two or a year and a half ago now yeah, yeah. and that was a uh, that was a, a movie that i really enjoyed but it was it was a horror movie trying to skate and there were some things in yes. it that were like it was really well made and everything but I, it didn't feel like it had a deeper message it had some things to think about and reflect on and think oh here's a cool connection from earlier in the movie that ties back to what happens later but that wasn't in service of a message. It was in service of a well-crafted film, which is fine. But I think that's different to Get Out and Us in that there are things that you are being asked to think about. Um, things like uh, class struggles and the African-American experience and, and you know, post-race uh, racism and, and what that looks like. Um, and I, I think it, 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 it's great. Basically, it's great. <laughs> and so I'm excited to talk more about it once you've actually seen the movies. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I'm I'm excited for these. I think, you know, they're horror films, so they're going to spook me, but I'm excited that there's going to be, you know, other things to talk about as well. Yeah, um, I I don't, I even would say to those of us, not you, Elliot, this doesn't apply to you, but to the audience, if you're kind of on the fence about these, totally just watch them during the daytime. You will still get a lot out of these movies even if they aren't scary to you because you're chilling, you know, on on uh, on the patio with a nice uh, Aperol spritz or whatever, watching a horror movie, um, it will still there will still be interesting uh, questions raised to you, and I think that's a great like endorsement for these films. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm keen. I'm but not keen you. To check you have to watch them out. at spooky times. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I guess we'll uh, we'll be back for Halloween to talk about it. Uh, yeah, but I guess that's, uh, that's the end of our episode. I don't think yeah, either of us um, has said the word brainius yet, so I'm doing it here. Okay, thanks. Um, so <laughs> if you enjoyed the show <laughs> and you want to, uh, to engage with us a bit more, the best place to do that is on our Twitter, which is at MediaMDPodcast. Uh, sometimes we'll tweet out stuff as we're checking it out, or, you know, people tweet us thoughts and we have conversations. Um, check us out. Yes, um, and an even better place to reach us is the Doof Discord, <laughs> um, which is available to all patrons of Doof, regardless of how much you give us, even if it's just a dollar. Uh, and it's honestly, it's such a great community. I think we've mentioned this before, but um, it, it it's probably where I spend the most time online. Yeah. 
now um, i i should probably cut back to be honest um <laughs> there's so many channels to, pa- to read though <laughs> i know um but if you head to patreon.com forward slash doof media uh you can see all the other great perks you get uh and you know one of those is we as i said is the discord and it's a great place to hang out so come join us yeah yes please do um if you want to leave us your comments on us or on twisted pair or on any brain or uh <laughs> any brain films i suppose um or jordan peele films i guess for that matter um you can do that through our website as well uh, or by emailing us you can email uh, mediamdpodcast at gmail.com or on our website mediamdpodcast.com there is a place to leave us audio messages and uh if you do that we might uh feature some of them in the show and, and kind of talk about them i think yes uh, us and get out are two great uh films for this to apply to because there's a lot to be talked about so if you have some thoughts um, please do leave us an audio message. Uh, it would be really appreciated. Yeah, we don't plug that that new feature enough. So, yeah, uh, and you know, it, it, I, I guess the other option, if you if you want to submit ideas uh, for things for us to cover, um, yeah, you true. could also leave a message about that. But uh, yeah, so so e- either or, you know, send talk, send us something about the upcoming episode or send us ideas for episodes. Um, you know, we'd just be happy to hear from you. Yep. Uh, if you want to find out more about the Doof Media Network, you can go to doofmedia.com. Uh, which is the home of all the Doof shows, including all the great ones like Vow to View, which has just come out with a new episode. Uh, sorry, Vow to View. <laughs> what you say, which has just come out with a new episode uh, about episode nine of the OC. So check that out. Um, on doofmedia.com, you can also find links to all the things we just mentioned. Follow us, you know, contact us, etc. Oh, and you can also find all of the previous clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and uh, why. Just, just why? Uh, Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue? Tape. Tape. And we'll see you next fortnight.